Hello and welcome. This is Modern Beers and 90s Nostalgia. I am your host, Justin Lamb. This is episode 49. That's one away from 50. And if you're keeping track, that's 49 episodes. You're welcome. Thank you for coming uh, to your... Well, thank you for bringing me. You didn't go anywhere, but I've come to you. And you brought me along into your ear holes. So thanks for that. And we are going to have uh, another wonderful October horror movie episode. And if there's people out there like, oh, I hate horror movies. This month has been like a crazy jumbled mess of things I don't care about. Well, to you, I apologize because we are uh, a little like two thirds almost through the way of, of October. So don't worry. In November, I'm just going to do Thanksgiving movies. Just kidding. There's not that many of them. I've looked into it. Now, we're going to have some uh, great music episodes coming up in November, as well as some uh, vintage video game episodes. So stick around for those. But it's not November right now. It is October. And it is uh, 90s Horror Movie Fest continuing. And we've got a doozy for you tonight, folks. Today... I always say tonight. I could be recording this at 9 a.m. I still say tonight. I don't know why. That's just how I feel. I feel like it's a nighttime show. Like, I want you guys to drink along with me. And you probably shouldn't be drinking at 9 a.m. when I'm recording this. That was my scenario I gave. All right. I'm already losing myself. So I'm going to move right along into the beer section because I've got a delicious IPA. And I tell you, I love them hops. Hoppity hops. Bunny rabbit hops. Sometimes I like the bourbon barrel aged stouts. But right now all I can think about is hops. 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 He puts the hops in the beer or else he gets those again. That was from Hoppable. Silence of the hops. Here we go. Boom, 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 boom. Okay, we are going back to Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, home of the Steelers, home of the bridges that go across the river. Lots of bridges in Pennsylvania and Pittsburgh uh, in they have a lot of different breweries around that area too. And one is Penn Brewery right there out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And Penn Brewery has an IPA that I have been waiting to try. And they, you know, they really should call it 7 IPA or 7 PA where the 7 is the I. You guys, you guys, Penn Brewery, I could work on your marketing team. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. So this is an India Pale Ale IPA, as I said. It is made with seven kinds of hops. It is 7% ABV and 70 IBUs. So I think they're really leaning into that number, yet they don't put it in the title. I think you guys missed a golden opportunity here. And golden is what I'm assuming the color of the beer is going to be. But we'll find out in a second. I'll tell you what, it's in a brown bottle, and through the bottle, it looks very light. Uh, light in color. A little cloudy. Which is promising, but we will, uh, oh yeah, that's the stuff. There you go. 
You're welcome, America. Holy crap. The bottle is about a foot and a half away from my face, and all I can smell is hops. Mmm. Hops, 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 hops. Do you suppose Easter bunnies like IPAs because of all the hops? <laughs> That was terrible. But uh, let's give this a, a whirl. And I was not wrong. That is very light in color. Surprisingly light in color, considering it's an IPA. A very hop-heavy IPA from the smell and sound of it. Penn Brewery IPA. 7% ABU. 70, 7% ABV. 70 IBUs. And it is, uh, it's got... It's got a little orange to it. It almost looks like a like a wheat beer in its color. Because it's a very light lager look with, with a little orange tone to it. And uh, I take back my, my haziness. It's not super hazy. I can see my fingers through it. So that's interesting. It's a... Uh, it's got a... And this is going to sound bad. I don't mean it as an insult. It's, but it's got a very uh, basic IPA taste. And I think that's the blend of the seven hops. There's not one specific hop flavor that's overpowering from the others. Like it's not like all mosaic or all Simcoe. It's a it's a nice blend, uh, which makes it feel a little. Uh, the blend makes it feel bland, but the flavor is not bland at all. Oh yeah, that's good stuff. It's the kind of IPA that sits on the sides of your tongue. Uh, long after you're done drinking it and you can still really taste those hops and they just trickle down your throat for a little while after you're gone. It's the kind of IPA you might re relate to this. Um, it's the kind of IPA you wake up in the morning and you can still taste the IPA in your mouth. You brush your teeth and everything, but it just hid there in your throat until you were sleeping and then went, I'm going to sneak out. I'm going to sneak out in your mouth. So when you wake up, you taste beer. It's one of those IPAs and I could not be happier with it. Penn Brewery. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, seven kinds of hops, seven ABV, 70 IBUs, not called seven IPA. Something to think about. You guys contact me if you want me to come give you some more marketing ideas, because obviously I'm a marketing genius. Tonight I feel ambitious and so does my foot as it sinks on the pedal. I press it to the floor. All right, this episode's main event, this week's horror movie, this episode's horror movie, I think I've already done two episodes this week, but this week's, this episode's horror movie, The Wishmaster. I was surprised by how many people knew this movie. I, I Once I saw the poster for it, or the cover of the VHS case, I guess, I recognized it, but I, I'd forgotten about it, but a lot of people have seen this. I never saw this. came out in 1997. Budget of $5 million, made $6 million its opening weekend, fell second place, no, third place, opening weekend, in and out Kevin Klein was number one that weekend, and The Game with Michael Douglas was number two, and then this horror movie, The Wishmaster, was number three on the opening weekend, $6 million it made over its budget on the opening weekend, so good for you. Had a hoppy burp there, sorry. Gonna keep burping, just let it all out. So, The Wishmaster stars a bunch of people 
that didn't do a whole lot of other stuff. Um, that's not entirely true. It looks like most of them have had uh, fruitful careers as little one-off roles in most stuff. But uh, this is, I mean, even if you go to IMDb and look up two of the main characters in the movie, their IMDb picture is the picture of them from this movie. So <laughs> that always says a lot. If you look someone up on IMDb and you're like, oh, what else have they done? And their picture is from the movie you're looking up. That is the biggest thing that they've done. There's your answer. So, something to think about, guys. But our movie stars Tammy Lauren, Andrew Divoff, Robert England, who you may know as Freddy Krueger, uh, Chris Lemon, Wendy Benson, and uh, a bunch of other people that you may never have heard of. Jenny O'Hara, you might know, because she's been in a bunch of stuff if you look her up. But one thing I love about this cast, uh, and I'm sure this was done deliberately because it would have been really weird for it not to be. Uh, this cast is made up of cameos of horror movie greats. Like it, it is an homage to horror movies. Um, like I said, Robert England, who's Freddy Krueger from Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, you have the guy from Phantasm, uh, Angus something, Angus Scrim, Tony Todd, who is from Night of the Living Dead, uh, the Candyman. I, I mean, the Candyman's not a movie you need to watch. But, yeah, he's in there. He's a security guard. Uh, Kane Hodder, who was Jason in Friday the 13th. And uh, another guy from Phantasm. Um, I'm going to think of it. Reggie Bannister. And then Ted Raimi from Darkman and Army of Darkness. There was a bunch of stuff. Even the director jumped in during this elaborate death scene and was in the movie. Um, executive producer Wes Craven. I mean, if you have a horror movie with Wes Craven's name signed on to it, typically you're in good shape. So I was actually pretty excited to watch it, and it's it's fine. Um, it's fine for a low-budget 1997 horror movie. I mean, I don't know what people are expecting. People are really cruel on review sites, because even today, I mean, you're not... Nobody watches a horror movie and is like, oh, man, everyone needs to see this. This is going to change the culture of humanity. Like that's not what horror movies are for. They're supposed to scare you and they're supposed to look like not terrible. And some of them are supposed to look terrible. So uh, quit picking on horror movies so much. Now Wishmaster spun off into three more sequels after that. There's Wishmaster two, three and four um, from respectively 1999, 2001, 2002. The <laughs> Wishmaster 2, I was going to watch that immediately after. I was like, why not? I'm sitting here on the couch. I just watched the Wishmaster 1. Let's watch the second one. I'm sure it's available streaming somewhere. And then I looked it up, and it had a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I know I just said people are a little overly cruel, but damn. Uh, I don't typically make decisions on whether or not to see something based on reviews ever. Uh, but when I have a list of 300 some movies and I want to watch a bunch of them, I'm going to skip the one that's <laughs> got a 0% uh, rating on Rotten Tomatoes. You know what I mean? But so Wishmaster, let me give you a little history because this is going to flip you uh, Aladdin fans right on your head. And you're going to go, what? Uh, they actually call out Robin Williams playing a genie in this movie in a line um, because the Wishmaster is about a genie who is more properly known as a jinn, 
D-J-I-N-N, I I believe is how you spell that. And Jinns, according to lore, uh, there was heaven made the angels, and then uh, earth got humans, and the Jinns like roamed the world in between. And when they were summoned through whatever thing encased them, in this case it was a gem, uh, they were genies and they came out and they granted wishes. However, uh, if they got someone to grant all three wishes, then it would open up a door from their realm into our realm and they would be able to take over the human world. So they're all about, you know, granting everybody wishes and, and killing everybody, which is not a good goal if you're a human. So it starts out in Persia and I don't know when, I think it was like 1100 AD or something. And the genie gets locked in this little gem and then they find the gem. It says America present day, which is 1997. And you know, what's funny is the movie started and I was thinking, it's great. There's no cell phones in nineties movies, you know? And then son of a bitch, the, the fricking genie borrows someone's cell phone and uses it. And I was like, shit. 1997 and it was a flip phone too like who are these people that had flip phones in 97 but uh thankfully it was just a phone call and it was the old motorola one and it's just like the digital alarm clock looking numbers you can type in so thankfully there's no internet and text on phones because that's really the downfall like having a phone you can make a phone call on portably not that big a deal people don't like making phone calls anyway it's all the uh it's all them kids with their texting in their in their face grams. Damn it. So anyway. But it was uh it was disappointing to see a cell phone in the movie after that was my first thought. I was like, I'm gonna talk about that during the podcast. Well, I did talk about it. I talked about how there was a damn cell phone. Anywho, so this genie gets summoned in real time, and apparently how this works is uh they want the person who summoned them to ask for three wishes and you know then they can come and destroy the earth but in the meantime apparently if anybody asks for anything they can manipulate their answer and grant that wish uh much to everyone's detriment like uh guy says you're not getting in this building unless you come through me i'd like to see you try that and he's like uh as you wish and then he turns him into like I don't know, glass and walks through him. So get it literal translation there. So stuff like that. There's a whole lot of that. There's a whole lot of wordplay and manipulation on what people say. And then it ends. And I won't tell you how, because you should go see it because there's just so many cameos and it's such a nice homage to the horror movie genre. Um, if you haven't gathered already from last year's episodes and this year's episodes, like I'm a big horror movie fan and it's cool to see little nods here and there to some of the originals and some of the things that really like created boundaries for this genre and, and, and built it. And they, they used a lot of those people in this and Wes Craven signed off on it. So feels like an official formal letter to the horror movie community. And I say, thank you. Thanks for your letter. Much appreciated. And, uh, it's not a bad flick. It's not a bad thing to watch. There was some interesting <laughs> death scenes, and obviously some stuff is is super over elaborate. 
And the CGI that you really need to concern yourself with is the gemstone that the genie gets stuck in. Um, it gets blown up. Well, he, I guess he like gets out of it. And in that process, it blows up. But this all happens in a infrared laser inspection machine <laughs> and like a science lab and the CGI used there and for the explosion and for just the computer graphics of some computer program that is allegedly looking up this gym and trying to tell people what's inside of it is a little ridiculous. Um, anything computers in the 90s, just ridiculous. Ridiculous. But I did, uh, I did love seeing Robert England. I was very curious about that first scene um, where this statue that encases this gym uh, falls uh, in a crate from a shipping thing and crushes Robert England's assistant. And Robert England is all pissed off because he paid so much money and waited for so long for the statue that just broke. Doesn't seem to care about his assistant. So that part's weird. It's good stuff, though. So Robert England is just a cruel man sometimes. But who can... I mean, what can? Not who can. Who what can? Who can what can? It's my Dungeons & Dragons character name, who can what can. But what can you expect from the guy who played Freddy Krueger for... Uh, I just watched them all last year. Ten movies? Jesus. More? Thirteen? Eleven. Let's go with eleven. I'm sticking with eleven. I might be wrong. Uh... But this, so it's just it's it's a lot of a lot of zany characters. I don't like the sister. Uh, the main character has a sister, who so the main character's backstory is she rescued her sister from a fire, but couldn't rescue her parents, uh, and her parents died. But that's because she was a kid rescuing another kid, and you can't you know save your parents from a fire. And so her sister immediately thinks that she's just. Uh, you're just being dramatic. Look, I know your friend just died, but you're just being dramatic. And it pisses me off. It's like, no, obviously something's going on. And screw you. Like, literally her best friend just died. And you're like, okay, is this going to start the therapy again? That's <laughs> like what she's saying to her. It's terrible. Um so it's definitely, it's campy, and that was something I had to define for someone recently, um, like, plays into the terribleness of it, uh, dialogue-wise, and if you look at some of the writing credits the writer did before and after this, and it's, it is not a huge surprise, but it, it, it was, it was entertaining. I mean, all in all, I don't want to, like, summarize the whole movie for everybody, but, it was it was definitely entertaining. The Wishmaster, uh, like the the Jin, his his costume and makeup was was pretty funny. And when he slices off people's faces and then puts their literally their face, like he like the skin of their face on his face, so he can transform into them to deceive people. Uh, that's pretty cool to watch. So I recommend, if nothing else, you can watch that happen. And for a second. For this split second, when he first puts a face on his face, he looks like the cover for this Bill Pullman, Bill Paxton horror movie from like 1991 that I want to see. And I didn't screw up the names. Both of the Bills are in it. The two Bills everyone gets confused are in one movie together. Think about that. There's a lot to unravel there. But keep watching. And uh, 
definitely check this one out. I watched it on Stars. So if you have stars, you can watch it for free. Otherwise, you can find it somewhere else, I'm sure. This one, I do not believe, is not as... This is, no, this is not streaming on Amazon. So don't do it. You won't be able to watch it. Uh, but check it out if you can this holiday season. Because it is it's pretty entertaining. And apparently they made four of them. And I was ready to watch all four until I found out... Terrible. I watched the trailer for the second one and had zero desire to watch it. But the first one's good. There's a good story there, and it's it's nice and it's definitely set up for uh, a sequel in whatever future you want. You can actually make a sequel now because the way it ends, uh, there's no time limit to when the sequel could happen. Could be in a month from an accident. Could be in a thousand years from a discovery. Think about that. Okay. Okay. Okay, let's take a break. Well, it was another shorty, but a goodie. You know what? My friend called me shorty today and I said, I ain't your shorty because I don't love you. His name's Eddie and he's going to be listening to this as soon as it's released. He's my number one fan. Thanks, Eddie. And you, my shorty. Did I say that wrong? Eddie, you, my shorty. I said it wrong again. Eddie, you're my shardy. Yeah, shardy is good. It's just like Fergie says. Nobody gets that joke. Hey, we're wrapping it up, all right? You guys get so frustrated when I just blabble, blabble, blabble. But we're wrapping it up. We have plenty of horror movies to come. Uh, episode 50 is next. I have big plans for that. Uh, no matter what state you live in, if you live in the U.S., I'm sure you will have vested interest in that episode. That's all I will say. <laughs> and uh, we're going to have a little panel of people on that episode. So stick around for that business and, and follow us, Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook at beers and nineties, B E E R S A N D nine zero S. And if you want a high five, let me know and I'll give you a high five. Uh, always looking for recommendations for nineties topics and beer. So if you have anything to recommend, let me know as well. As you may or may not know from listening, I do travel quite a bit. So if you are out of state, uh, across this great country and you know of a brewery near you that probably doesn't distribute let me know what it is i'll come into town check it out maybe we can have a beer together how weird would that be i'll bring a little microphone i'll make it super awkward i will put my hand on your knee you will get super offended and then we will be done but the beer will be great so i will talk to you soon Stay, uh, stay around for episode 50. I don't know why I keep saying that. It's not coming up next. I mean, it is coming up next, but like not tomorrow or right after this, unless you're binging this in the future. So <laughs> just keep on listening. Uh, tell your friends, like, follow, subscribe. I like the listener base. It keeps growing just like my pants. Okay, my pants don't keep growing. Okay, I screwed that up. Have a good day.